this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. If you have your Bibles, open them with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I'll begin reading with verse 19. And feel free to take notes if you want to. Jot things down. This week we received a telephone call in the ministry and one of the receptionists outside of my office uh, picked up the phone and someone called and said, is the, is the head hog at the trough in? And she said, I beg your pardon. And this person said, I said, is the head hog at the trough in the office? She said, sir, if you're referring to our pastor, Pastor Jensen Franklin, you will refer to him as Pastor Jensen at the least, Pastor Franklin even more. And he said, okay, whatever. I was just trying to give $100,000 to the ministry. And she said, well, just wait one moment. I think I hear him oinking down the hall right now. How many of you know that really didn't happen, but it could happen. It could happen. There's an oink in me, I promise. I don't know why I told that, but here we go. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Do not lay... How many of you love all of God's word? I love all of it. I don't like just the stuff that blesses me. and I like what it makes me when I obey it. It makes me a good person. It makes me a balanced person. The power of God's word. That's why there are verses like verse 19 of Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Verse 24 No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, this is Jesus now, you cannot serve God and mammon. And, you know, all this whole series we've been talking about, there's a lot of people who have given To get us into the kingdom. I'm so thankful. That somebody gave. To get me into the kingdom. I would not be here if I hadn't had Sunday school teachers. Who gave to get me into the kingdom. I wouldn't be here if we hadn't had music programs in the little churches. that Little country churches my dad pastored. But. It affected me. They gave of their time and their talent and their resources so that I could be in the kingdom today. Somebody gave. Think about what I'm saying. That you would get in the kingdom. That you would have the blessing on your family and not the curse. And in Matthew chapter 6, the word mammon appears four times. And Jesus is doing this lesson. There's something to it. He doesn't waste words. He doesn't just talk about things to be saying it. Mammon is a real spirit. Mammon does not mean money. 
Mammon is an Aramaic word that was derived from a Syrian god that the Syrians worshipped in Babylon who was their god of riches. So he's not saying you have to hate money. He's saying, I don't want you to get the wrong spirit that can come with money. The Syrian God of riches. Four times in Matthew, he mentions mammon and he said, you cannot serve mammon and God. Then in Luke 16, three times. Jesus again mentions mammon over and over and over again. There's got to be something there that we're not seeing. Here's what I want you to get if you don't get much else out of this message. And I pray you will because I'm going to give you much. But you got to open your spirit for a moment and understand that mammon is a spirit that operates through money. It is a real demonic power. And we'll prove that to you in just a moment. That operates through money. All money is connected to a spirit. Never forget that. There is no money that is spiritless. There's either the spirit of mammon on a person's money or the spirit of God on a person's money. The money cannot be neutral. There is a spirit that attaches, that always attaches itself to money. There's no money that is spiritless. All money has a spirit on it. Either the spirit of mammon or the spirit of God. Money can have the Spirit of God on it. When we tithe, when we give, God multiplies our resources. God rebukes the devourer off of our resources. How can our money have the devourer rebuke because it's the Spirit of God is on our money? Mammon is a spirit that tries to take the place of God. Now, the Spirit of Mammon is opposite of the Spirit of God. The Babylonian Empire, the Syrian Empire, was, was, was founded in pride, in arrogance. You remember it was Babel, which is part of the Babylonian Empire. Babel was a place where they became so arrogant and so proud that they built the Tower of Babel. They said, we don't need God. We'll build a tower with our own giftings and our own talents and our own wealth and riches. And we'll build our own tower to God. And God confounded the races and the, and the voices of people and the languages of people. But Babylon was founded in pride, listen to this, in arrogance, in self-sufficiency, in greed, and in idolatry. Mammon is a spirit that tries to take the place of God. Mammon is a spirit that talks to you and to me a lot. It says, if you have me, you are secure. If you have me, you have significance. Doesn't money talk? Doesn't the spirit of mammon say that? If you just had more money, you would have more significance. If you have me, you would have identity. If you have me, you would have freedom. Trying to take the place of God. God is the only one who can give freedom. God is the only one who can give identity. God is the only one who can give purpose to life. Sometimes the, the spirit of mammon will even tell you, if you had more money, you wouldn't have any problems. What a lie. Mammon will talk to you. If you drive the right car, if you have the right house, if, if you have the right stuff, 
You will be happy. No, you will not. You will be happy if God is the center of your life and whatever you go through, he's with you. That's where happiness is. Now, let me show you something maybe you've never thought about. But the spirit of mammon is the spirit of Antichrist. In Revelation 13, in verse 17, says that the Antichrist spirit rules through a threat of not being able to buy and sell. Throw it up. Revelation 13 and 17. No one will be able to buy or sell except those who have the mark of the beast or the number of the name. The spirit that we're dealing with that we're talking about today is the Antichrist spirit. You call it, and we only think that the spirit of mammon is just something. It's really one that's leading to this moment where he controls and gets people to put all of their faith and trust in money and what money can buy instead of God. That's the ultimate plan of Satan. Mammon will talk to you when you pray about giving offerings and giving extravagantly and giving above and beyond the norm or even doing the norm. Mammon will talk to you. You you made too much money to tithe this week. Don't do that. It's not necessary. That is mammon. There's only two spirits that attach themselves to money, God's spirit and mammon. The Pharisees loved money. A spirit of mammon rested on the Pharisees. A spirit of mammon rested on Judas. He loved money. He wanted money. He had Jesus and he chose money. Money is not evil. It's the love of money, 1 Timothy 6. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is a multiplier. Money will make you more of what you are. If you're a generous, kind person, money will make you be even more generous and more kind and more benevolent. On the other hand, if it, it, money is a multiplier. If you're a drunk, money will make you a, a bigger drunk, a wilder drunk. If you're a partier, money will make you a crazy partier until ultimately something bad happens and you crash and burn. It's going to happen. Money just multiplies. There's an interesting scripture in Luke chapter 16 and verse 9, and I want them to put it up. At every campus, I want you to lean in because this is so, so powerful. Make friends for yourself, listen to this, by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into your everlasting home. What in the world does that verse talk about? He said, I want you to make friends for yourself by, by unrighteous mammon. I want you to take unrighteous mammon, money that has the spirit of mammon, the God of riches wants you to trust in it. I want you to take that money and put it in the kingdom of God. And when you do... Use unrighteous mammon. God will transfer it from unrighteous mammon so that when you die or when you fail, it says when you failed, I looked that word up. The word fail means die. Many will receive you into your everlasting home. Do you know what that text means? It means that when you die, there will be people 
you invested your money into who will welcome you into the everlasting home and kingdom of God. That that God is the only one that can take unrighteous mammon and turn it into something so powerful that he takes money dedicated to the God of riches and uses it to populate heaven. And the scripture says, so when you fail or when you die, there's going to be a great company of people waiting at the gate of heaven. And this thrills me that, 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 that I can take unrighteous mammon that has the spirit demon God of mammon all over it and give it to God and God cleanses it and uses it to reach people. And then he says, when you die, they'll be waiting saying, I want you to meet my family. My family's in heaven because you cared enough to invest your unrighteous mammon in the kingdom of God. Somebody give the Lord praise for that. Wow. What a joy. What a joy. One day you're going to meet people in heaven and they're going to run up and say, thank you. My marriage was on the rocks and I went to the marriage conference. We had divorce papers. You know, we've had 15 people who had divorce papers already signed, who've come to the marriage conference through the years and tore the marriage, the divorce papers up and got remarried. (laughs) Somebody had to give. My children were in rebellion, but you had a youth ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Look, that crazy kid made it because of your unrighteous mammon. That that youth pastor finally got through. You know that youth pastor you paid the salary for? He finally got through. And I'm here today because you gave. Well, it makes me happy. It makes me smile. Hallelujah. I'm going to experience that one. I'm going to walk through the gates and there's going to be a bunch of people. And it ain't about me. All I'm going to do is just turn and say, let's go see the lamb and give him all the glory. But I got to admit, I get a thrill. I got, I got to admit, I get a joy out of knowing that right now there's people in heaven waiting on me. Waiting on you. God can take my money. Listen to this. Matthew 6, 20, do not lay up treasures on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. How do you lay up treasure in heaven? They got gold streets and, you know, it's, and I don't want to go. I've, all these people who act like God is so offended by anybody being blessed. Go to heaven. <laughs> go to heaven. You talk about opulence. You talk about bling bling. You talk about over the top, gold streets, mansions, everything, first class, clean, perfect, perfection, beauty beyond anything we can even imagine. Everything, manic, everything perfect. That's the God that is your God. Very detailed. Act like he, he would be offended if you got a better something. <laughs> Keep, stay that way. That's, that's on you. I seriously doubt God is sitting up in heaven saying, mm, they're moving from a trailer to a house. How offensive is that to you, angels? It is to me. I think he takes pleasure 
in the prosperity of his servants. And he says, go, go, go. Take that unfilthy, unrighteous mammon. And as long as you keep it moving into the kingdom, if I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. Clap your hands and shout if you believe I'm preaching the word of God right now. It's the truth. Hell is being plundered by our offerings. Heaven is being populated by our offerings. The Bible said that we're to be a good steward with our money. Luke, Luke 16 and 10. Be faithful with a little and he will make you ruler over much. If you're unjust with what is little... You will be unjust with what is much. If you can't tithe on 30,000, you will rip God off big time when you start making 300,000. That's Jesus, y'all. That, that ain't Jensen. That's Jesus. Jesus said, I watch what you do where you are right now to determine if I can trust you with more. Luke 16 and 12, if you're not faithful with another man's, why would he give you your own? If you're not faithful with another man's business that you work for, why would he give you your own? Isn't God so logical? I'm waiting on the favor that somebody will give me their business. If you're not faithful with the job of somebody else's business, why would he give you your own? If you're not faithful with the church that God has put you in and faithful to the pastor that God has put you under, why would he give you your own? There's a spirit trying to get on our money that says, I'll provide security, not God. I'll provide opportunities for you, not God. I'll provide influence. If you've got more of me, you'll have more influence, not God. God doesn't give you influence. God doesn't give you opportunity. God doesn't give you security. Oh, yes, he does. You say, well, you just don't understand our family tree. Pastor Franklin, it ain't nothing to brag about. Our family tree is a weed. We're just a bunch of drug addicts or alcoholics. But the beautiful thing about God is he says, where anybody will take me at my word, behold, I do a new thing. I can break the curses. I can break the poverty. I can break the addiction. I can turn your weed. He said, they that are planted in the house of the Lord, Psalms 92, they that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You cannot come to a church like this and stay Broke and sick and beat up and defeated and depressed and discouraged. If you keep coming, your direction is up, 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 up. Jesus is the God of resurrection and restoration. Give him praise if you believe it. I'm almost done. Let me keep preaching just a minute. So, so, so let me, let me teach you something real quick that I don't want you to forget. In Exodus 35... In verse 21, it says this. Then everyone whose heart was stirred. Everybody put your hand on your heart and say, stir my heart. And everyone whose spirit was willing. Everybody say, Lord, give me a willing spirit. They brought the Lord's offering 
for the work of the tabernacle. That's what it takes. It takes your heart to be stirred. It takes your spirit to be willing. They brought the Lord's offering to the tabernacle. First Chronicles chapter 29 verses 3 verses 5. I don't have time to just read it all, but here's the bottom line. David brought the greatest philanthropic gift ever given in human mankind. He brought it to the foot of Mount Moriah. All the building material, all the gold, all the silver, all of it. He gave as a personal gift for his son to build the temple. The biggest offering ever recorded. And then he says these words, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above. You see that? All that I have prepared. He didn't just think, he didn't just, I'm waiting on the emotion. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on, I, I don't see 10 camels walking across the front. I put out a fleece and I said, Lord, if you want me to really give something, let a, let a, let a camel from the Middle East come and let me, let him, well, we can arrange that. We've done that. I love the fact I have prepared. I ha- this is on purpose. Over and above. I like, I like what he said. I have set the first part. Because I've set my affection. Because I've set my affection on the house of God. Where's your affection? You got any affection on the house? If you would have seen David's Mercedes Benz chariot. The license plate would have said, I set my affection. It would have said, hashtag I love my church. I love my church. I have set my affection. I'm going to do something above and beyond. Now watch what happens. When he does this, in verse 5, now who else, he says, who else is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? He said, I'm leading as a leader. Now I'm wondering... Who else among you will set your affection on the house of God and have a willing spirit to give above and beyond? And then verse 6 said, through verse 9, the leaders, everybody say the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes, the captains of thousands, the leadership said, we'll do it. The leaders, the leaders, anybody in leadership ought to set Aside, occasionally, offerings for the house of the Lord. I love that. The leaders gave willingly, it goes on to say, they gave toward the work of the temple. Now watch this. The next verse says, and the people, throw up the next verse. The next verse says, and the people rejoice. Watch out. For they had offered willingly. See, you get the leader, you get the leaders. Then the people get a hold of this spirit and they all are giving freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And then the Bible said, David, the king greatly rejoiced. He said, I thought I'd be the only one. Verse 17, all these things I have given willingly and with honest intent 
And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people are here, have given unto you. I love that. How your people present here are offering willingly. That's what I pray for in this church. That it's not I have to, it's I get to. Willingly. Willingly. Let me give you a verse on that. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 12. For it is the... It is the willingness, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable unto God. Isn't that something? For if first there's a willingness there, a willing mind, then it's acceptable. If, if you feel like you are having to do this, don't give. Only do it because you want to do it. I'm almost done. Second Corinthians 8 and verse 12, I just gave you. Why do we do this? Because Matthew 10 in verse 8 said, in the Message Bible, you've been treated generously, so now live generously. Everybody say that. You've been treated generously, so now live generously. Again, come on, say it. You've been treated generously. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I'm not rich. All right, I'm going to mess your little wagon up. Hot off the press this morning, little article I just happened to come upon. Oh, I can't wait. I like to burn people on things like that. Do you live in America? You're rich. All right, here it is. Here it is. I got documentation and everything. Latest statistics. Latest statistics. Nearly half the world's population, 2.8 billion people, survive on less than $2 a day. $2 a day. Did you make more than $2 a day this week? Did you? About 20% of the world's population, 1.2 billion people, live on less than a dollar a day. What we spend to a visit to Starbucks or McDonald's is more than over half the world makes all week long. What we spend on one coffee... So don't look at me cross-eyed as though you are not wealthy and rich. You, God said, I, look at all God's given you. I gave you a dream. I gave you a nation called America and I let you live in it. I gave you a beautiful wife, a husband. I gave you an extremely good looking preacher. Come on. I gave you, I gave you every advantage that I could give you. I gave you a job. I gave you talents. I gave you gifts. You are rich. He probably didn't say that one line, but the rest is true. (laughs) Forgive me. I got to finish. Can I have two more minutes? You know why? You know why it ought not to be? I have to. I get to willingly excited. The Bible said he loves a cheerful or giddy giver. Isn't that good? Acts 20, 35. It's more cheerful or giddy to give than receive. Turn to somebody and say giddy. 
You ever do anything nice for people with no strings attached? We were eating in Destin. We go to Destin a lot during the summer with our family. We've got a little place down there we've had for 20 years and we love it. Just fun. So many memories. And there's this pancake place that we like to eat at. And we were in there one day and Sharice, she's real good at this. She's such more sensitive about stuff than I am, to be honest. She can be hard as a brick, though. <laughs> if your motive ain't right, she, she don't, don't, don't try that with her. Don't do it. What am I talking about? What was I talking about? Uh, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But she, uh, I feel giddy right now. I really do. And I'll I'll mess this story up because she's so detailed and I am not. I'm terribly not detailed. So she'll call me and fix it. But... But there was this girl who was our waitress. She was pregnant. and She was so sweet. She was so kind. She did not know who we were. She didn't know me. It was obvious. Just, just follow the story. It was obvious. I don't even think she was a Christian. We could tell. Just, she's just a nice person. And we were eating. And the more she just kept on. And, and we had our grand to a grandchild there and, and the baby was crying some and boy, she was, you know, sometimes people looking around and she was so quick to come. Let me go heat some water. She ran out all this stuff. She was just doing. And, 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 and Sharice spoke up and said, why, why are you, uh, why are you doing? Why, why? She said, well, honey, I've got four and I'm carrying number five. She said, really? She said, yeah. And we just kept sitting there and sitting there. And I knew when I knew what Sharice was thinking. And I started thinking the same thing. And I don't know why, but the Lord just stirred our hearts to do something for that girl. And so at the end, we, 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 we took, uh, I think it was $500 and left it as a tip. And she started crying when she came over. And we, we tried to leave and she chased us down and she was crying and she said, you don't understand me and my husband were dreaming of taking our children to Disney world right over here in Orlando. This was in Florida. And she said, we, we have been saving for a year and a half. And she said, this is getting us so close. Our, my children will be out of their mind if I can get them there by Christmas. And so we gone out to the car and get in the car and I can tell something's wrong. You know, anytime the it's hot outside, but the car is stone cold inside, that's a sign to every man. Something is wrong. And the most stupid question you can ask is what's wrong. And she's just sitting there and she just stops and reaches into her purse and pulls out the checkbook. And she says, I'm going to do something for that girl. Okay, okay. I'm a good person too. What do you want to do? She said, I want to give $5,000 to send them to stay in the best and enjoy the best at Disney World. And I'm going to tell you, you talk about giddy. You talk about giddy. We walked back and she made me take it in. She wouldn't do it. 
She made me take it in. I had it folded up and I said, here, darling, take this. And it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter anything. God bless you. You and your family be blessed. I took off trying to get out. Ah, she screams. She screams. She's crying. Tears are flowing. The manager, the cook are coming out. We just get in the car and speed off as fast as we can. It's not about us. The more you get, the more God blesses you, the more you need to be that kind of person that says, God, it's not about me. I'll do anything, anywhere, with anything I have. It's yours. Come on, put your hands together. Say, Lord, make me. I'm, I'm telling you, we, we drove off that day with a giddy feeling. We, we, we talked about it most of the rest of the day. Can you imagine those kids going into Disney? Can you imagine them staying, not at some rundown place, but I hope they stayed at the best place. Let's do it. Stand to your feet all over the room. I close with this. Matthew 25 and verse 23, the master replied, As you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Matthew 24, come and dine. One translation, the Message Bible puts it this way. One day he's going to say to every one of us, come and share in the master's happiness. Isn't that going to be a meal when we sit down? And he says, come. Come. I think, I think Jesus is going to come running with a big smile on his face and say, I'm so proud of you. You did it. I could trust you with a lot and you did it. You made a difference. Let me introduce you to some people that are here that wouldn't have been here if you wouldn't have cared. Don't you let the enemy underestimate what you do for the kingdom of God. God sees it. And listen to this. And I'll close with this last thought. I promise. I wrote it down. He said, I am a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek. And when he comes back, the Bible said he's coming back with his reward. He so thinks of rewarding you for anything you do for his kingdom. That he says, I'm not even coming back and getting you and taking you back. I'm bringing the reward. I can't wait to see your face when I show you your reward. Let's lift our hands and say, Lord, stir my heart. Stir my heart for the church, for the kingdom. This church, Free Chapel, is not a normal church. I travel all over the world. I preach in some of the greatest churches in the world. I do. I do. And I'm just telling you, this is not a normal church. We don't have normal worship. We don't have normal services. We're not better than anybody else, but we're not normal. And I want you... To lay your hand on your heart and say, stir my heart, Lord Jesus. Give me a willing spirit, Lord Jesus. Help me to live for eternity, Lord Jesus. Help me to live for those words, well done, thou good and faithful. Help me to invest in what really matters. I don't want the spirit of mammon on my money. I don't want my children who will inherit things from me to have the spirit of mammon on it. (laughs) 
That's why when we wrote our will, we take the tithe out. <laughs> we don't even trust them. We take the tithe out. And the first thing that will happen when we die is, is our children will get their inheritance, but the tithe will be prepaid. Because <laughs> I want them to be blessed, whether they want to or not. They'll figure it out as they get some gray hair. Stuff's real to me. I started with nothing. Stuff is real to me. So today, I just want you to lift your hands. I know, I know time is gone, but I just feel a spirit of thanksgiving and praise and glory and honor. I want you to hold up your resources, hold up your gift today. If you've prepared it, if you've made up your mind, you're going to be a part like what I preach today. Hold it up toward heaven. This is not to be seen of man. If you don't have it, hold up a hand representing that. Maybe you're giving online, whatever. We deeply appreciate it. We don't care. I didn't ask you to do nothing. All I ask you to do is ask God what he wants you to do. I never asked you to do nothing. I just said, ask God, what does he want you to do? That's all that I would ever ask you to do. And just raise it high and say, Lord, here it is. And I sow this seed today into this good ministry. And may it come back 30 fold, 60 fold, and some a hundred fold in money and what money cannot buy for me and my family. Say we are blessed. We are blessed. I just received that message on favor last week. Raise up that hand and say, I received the favor of God. Favor is increasing on my life, not decreasing. I have radical forgiveness. I have radical humility. I have a radical generosity. I have a radical, what was that other one? There was one more. I've got it in my notes and God knows what it is. I have it. I have radical favor going into 2019. How many of you receive that in the mighty name of Jesus? Everybody pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I know what you want is not my money. You want me. Everybody say these words. So today, I don't have to bring anything for you to love me. You died for me. You died on the cross for me. And today, I receive salvation, I receive forgiveness, I receive grace, I receive a new life. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am cleansed and forgiven in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.